All righty. Welcome to Miracle Night, guys. Welcome to Miracle Night. Listen, thank you for tuning in here on uh, Instagram. Thank you for tuning in on the radio tonight. Uh, we are uh, broadcasting all over. Um, guys, I need you to pray for something. Uh, we are beginning to start on, we're wanting to go live on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and all this stuff. So um, we are going to go live and reach more people for Jesus. Uh, and I think it's amazing how God is using this internet. Satan's using it, but God's using it too um, to reach uh, people around the world. Uh, I can sit right here and I don't have to be in a big old church or anything like that to reach people. I can reach people right here on the internet. So you know what? He said, go out and all into the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say how, but I think it's you know, a lot of people knock the internet, but you can knock it all you want. But I mean, God is using it to, to reach people. Um, I, I just think it's an amazing tool that, you know, we don't have to walk anymore and go out in the streets. Uh, even though I'd do that too, if I had the capability, um, you know, I, I just think God blesses us with tools and if we use them, we use them. If we don't, we lose them. And, um, you know, that's singing a talent or maybe you know how to get on the internet. A lot of people don't. I, I just think it's, you know, people knock this stuff, but they're they're ignorant to what God is doing in 2023. Maybe God did it back then a certain way, but, you know, God don't never change. He just changes how he does things. Well, well you say, well, that's not true, Jason. Well, I believe it is because Jesus always healed people different he never healed them. He never healed each individual the same. So yes, God is the same, but he does things different. He can do different. He can do what he wants to. He's God. He's all God by himself. And we can't tell him how he's going to move, where he's going to move. What is he going to use to reach people? So we can't really just dictate God, you know, because one thing I do, uh, a lot of these pastors out here, you're, and I'm just gonna say it tonight. You're swine. You're 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 you don't have a backbone. You don't want to stand up for God. You let people run you instead of God, and and that's the problem. That's the problem with the whole body of Christ. We let people run us instead of God. Well, I got news for you. I love God more than anybody on the face of this earth, and I'm not gonna let people run me. You hear me what I'm saying? God runs me, and you know what? That's only. <laughs> And that's, I had a fellow come up to me today, tell me, he said, said, would you ever pastor a church again? I said, well, they can't handle me. You know why? Because I don't let people run me. I let God run me. If God tells me to do something, I do it. You don't like it, get out of the picture. You know, I don't really care because for God, I live for God, I die. And I, I'm going to obey God to the day I die. I don't care who likes me. I don't care who's my friend. I'm not in it for that. Jesus wasn't in it, and so am I not. Jesus didn't make friends. Matter of fact, he was enemies of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. They always tried to trip him up. But you know what? He's He wasn't friends of this world. To be friends of the world, the Bible says that you're an enemy to God. And you know what? I don't want to be friends of the world. I don't want to be friends with religious people that's going to dictate me and tell me I can't heal on the Sabbath just like he did Jesus. They always tried to trip him up everywhere he went. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. But tonight we're going to be talking about love. 
uh, the definition of true love, God, the kind of love God wants us to show. Um, you know, a lot of times we think love is kind, love is gentle, love is patient. We know what the Bible says love is. But God so loved the world that he gave, so love is demonstrated in giving, but it's also demonstrated in telling the truth. Love rejoices not in evil, but in the truth. And sometimes, you know, when you love somebody, you tell them the truth. You don't care. You're just telling the truth, whether it hurts their feelings or not. You got to tell somebody the truth if you love them. So, you know, all the time it's not, you know, kind words and gentleness and all this stuff. Sometimes it's it's the truth. You know, the, the truth will set you free. Jesus told the truth to Peter when Peter come up and he said these words. He said, Peter, do you love us thou me more than all these? But see, the thing is, I can imagine how Peter felt when Jesus told him that. And, you know, Jesus, <laughs> I can imagine how I would felt when somebody walked up and he said, do you love me? <laughs> well, Lord, I jumped out of the boat for you and I did this for you. Well, you know what? You know, you know everything. And that's what he responded as, you know, because he already thought he could die for him. Remember, he was in the garden and said, you know, Lord, I'd die for you. He said, you'll deny me three times for the cock crows. So we don't know how much we, what we would do for God, what we would do for God. All I do know is we got to love God more than family, more than friends, more than children. Listen, you can't put these things before God. Listen, you, Jeremiah said, God told Jeremiah, he said, I have formed you in your mother's womb. Before God met you, listen, you met God before you met your family. You hear what I'm saying? You met God before you met your kids. Why would you put that before God? See, here's the problem with people. They put things before God and they don't realize, listen, God comes first in your life, not second, not last, not third. He comes first. And you know how I know this? Because a lot of people want to put him second. Listen, you don't put God second. God is not going to be second place in your life. He's either going to be first place or he's going to be out the door. Listen, God's a jealous God. God created you for him only. He didn't create you for everything else. Now, he wants you to enjoy this life. He wants you to enjoy things he blessed you with, but he don't want it to become a God to you. Come on. Let's see. Here's when I know people make God's. People worship friendships more than they do God. They worship their friend. They would go follow their friend instead of go follow God. But see, God is God is wanting you to come out of among that. Be you a separate people. You know what that means? Don't act like the world. He didn't tell you to not hang around people. He just said, don't act like the world. See, I can be around sinners, but I don't need to be acting like sinners. Okay? That don't mean I go, go away from them and be separated. That's a foolishness. God never told us to be uh, uh, not hang around sinners. Jesus was friends of sinners. But see, Jesus had the power to not do what they're doing. Just because you're in around the crowd don't mean you do what they do. And see, that's what Jesus come in and demonstrated when he hung around unperfect people. And God knows he hung around unperfect people because Peter wasn't perfect. Neither was Paul. But see, Jesus let his light so shine before man that they seen his good works. They seen his good works. 
And that's what we got to do, guys. We can't act like the world. Just because people sell, tell dirty jokes don't mean you got to tell them. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Am I just preaching to myself? Am I talking to myself? Because, see, that's the thing with people. Some people tune you out, but that's okay. You know what? God's got people that's going to hear his spirit. See, that's the problem. We're too carnal-minded. We're no flat. Listen, we're too carnal-minded. You can't be carnal-minded. I know people that's carnal-minded because their mouth is just about as carnal as what's come through their mind. But he said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let this mind so be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Do you see people having the mind of Christ? No, I don't. Because what comes out their mouth is what's in their mind. Your mouth is wicked. Everything that, listen, everything that comes out your mouth is what's in your heart. I'm telling you guys, I feel, I feel, I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. You know what? I got to obey him. I don't care if you get offended or not, because you know what? Your offense to me, this thing, it, it, you know, I don't care because I'm not going to quench the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do what he tells me to do, say what he tells me to say. And you know what? If that burns your chicken, let it burn. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can stay mad at me all day long. I don't care. But if you stay mad at God, because if you stay mad at me and he used me to tell you something, then you're mad at him too. Why? Because he sent me to you. Mm, my God. Somebody better shout hallelujah tonight. Listen, he sent me to you to tell you things. And you're going to reject me? You reject me, you reject him. Ain't that what Jesus said to the disciples? Look, I've sent to you. When you reject me, you reject the Father. The same way with the disciples. He said, I'll send you out among wolves. Some won't receive you. Wipe the dust off your feet and go on. See, the problem with the church is correction needs to be in the church. Correction. If you can't take correction, then you're a bastard. That's what the Bible says. Yes, it does. If you can't take correction, then you're, you're a bastard and you're not a son. Listen, God, God loves people that love correction. I don't know about you. When my kids was little, I told them all the time, listen, you got to love correction. Why? Because when you get older and follow the Lord, he corrects you. He does it because he loves you. You got to love correction. You can't be coming against pastors. You can't be coming against lay members in the Lord. Listen, when you do that, you're out of line. I don't care. When you come against your parents in the Lord, you're out of line. I don't care. People try to run pastors, tell pastors how to run churches when they can't run them themselves. You're out of line. I don't care. You're out of line. I don't care. You're not in the will of God. I told somebody the other day, the problem with the churches is people run the church. Pastors don't. They try to find every fault in him when they got a millions of faults. You need to look in the mirror for a change. Look in the mirror. You got faults more than they do, and you're sitting judging them, and you got more skeletons in the closet than they do. See, we need to work on ourselves. We need to quit pointing towards other people and telling other people their faults when we got flaws ourselves. 
We need to look, listen, Jesus said it like this. Why behold a beam in your brother's eye when you got a log in your own? You need to get the stuff out of your eye so you can see clearly how to get the, 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 the beam out of your eye. Mm, I don't know where that come from, but I, I'm just going to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. I don't care. I got to obey him. <laughs> and you know what? I'd rather get a whooping from people than whooping from God. Amen. I'm not going to get no more whippings. I got to obey him tonight. I got to do what thus saith the Lord. And when I do what thus saith the Lord, he says, well done in faithful service. I don't care. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, good evening, guys. Good evening. I hope, I'm hoping y'all are joining uh, now. Uh, you you can also go on the um, uh, radio broadcast at uh, the Kingdom Radio kingdomradio.com the kingdomradio.com you can listen live you can also guys if you want to start a business for your family you can go to kingdom uh kingdomwealthnow.co kingdomwealthnow.co uh you can go there sign up um it's training course how to start a business for your family make some extra income we all need extra income i mean I know, guys, I, I, I get it, the inflation and stuff like this. But see, God God makes a way out of no way. You know what I'm saying? He does. He makes a way out of no way. But anyways, guys, share the broadcast on here on uh, Instagram. Thank you guys so much for being on here tonight on the radio, too, guys. Thank you so much. We're going to go over some scripture and talk about love tonight. And I kind of went over the surface about love you know, what is love? Love will tell the truth. You know, we, we, we talked about that. We talked about love will, love will stand and tell the truth when, when people get offended. Oh, well, you know, your, your offense, you know, people got offended at Jesus too. I, you know, they, they didn't agree with everything he said either. And, you know, if you're going to be in the ministry, you're going to have people come against you. You're going to have people say this, you're going to have people disagree with you. But you know what? It don't stop me from doing what God has called me to do. I'm going to keep doing what God's called me to do, whether you like it or not. I don't really care. Because like I say, I'm not in it for friends. I'm not in it for pats on the back. I'm not in it, oh, good pastor. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. People don't want me in their church because I, I just tell the truth. I don't care whether they like it or not. I don't care. I've got to the place of boldness. And I'm going to stand by God's side no matter what. No matter what. And that's what's wrong with pastors today. They they falling in love with the congregation. And I'm going to say this because I'm all over uh, the internet and uh, radio or whatever I'm on. But I want to make you a statement. And it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really hurt some people's feelings. But that's okay. Pastors don't run churches anymore. People run churches. And that's the whole problem with, with the whole body of Christ. We, we have people that come in the church to try to dictate pastors and try to tell them how to run this and run that. And let me tell you something. We need to go back to Exodus or Numbers chapter 11 where, where, Moses, where Moses was marrying an Ethiopian woman and, and 
uh, Miriam and Aaron tried to come against Moses and God said, I'm going to put leprosy on them because Moses, it don't matter if you're in the wrong or not. You're still under my authority. You're still under my anointing. Come on. Somebody needs to shout hallelujah on this one because listen here, I'm going to give you something. It don't matter what you say about a man of God or a man running a church or a ministry. You better be careful because the Bible says, do not touch my anointing, do my prophets no harm. When you come against what God's anointed, you're in trouble. And sometimes we do this out of stupidity and ignorance, and we don't know that we're doing it, but you could be coming against God and you don't even know it because you're sitting here judging some man and you're judging his actions when you can't live up to the standards yourself. My God, who am I talking to? I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but you're sitting judging people when you can't live it yourself. And God said, when you when you come against what I'm for, my God, somebody needs to hear this tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen, when you come against what God is for, and let me tell you something, that's where the Bible says, if God be for me, then who can be against me? See, when David was anointed king, Samuel anointed David as king, the anointing fell on him, but it Everybody knows that David got in trouble with Bathsheba. Oh, in this day of church and time, if David was in the church, we would judge him and we would say all manner of evil against David and, and say, well, 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 David don't need to be in the kingship anymore. David don't need to be in the church no more. But who are you? Come on, somebody. Who are you to mark? everybody out when God has called you and qualified you and anointed you, who are you to tell that person that they need to get out of what God has anointed them to do? Now, he didn't kill King David. He didn't take King David's kingship when he got in trouble with Bathsheba. No, God's got more mercy than you do because Matthew 5 says that God says if you can't show mercy, then God can't give you mercy. Our problem is we got a judgmental spirit. We got a spirit that wants to judge people and not have mercy on people. And God said, if you can't have mercy on somebody, how can I have mercy on you? That's our problem in the body of Christ. We forget where God has drug us from and we act all holier than thou when we can't live it ourselves. Mm, my God, I feel the anointing in this room. I, I could bust out of this room tonight. I feel God in this room. See, the problem is with people is they, they, they forget where God has brought them from. And we're all sinners. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from, what background, how long you've been in the gospel, how long you've been in church. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm still a sinner saved by grace. I'm not perfect, but God's still working on me. And God will continue to work on me until I die. And let me tell you something about me. I can make a mistake and repent of my mistakes, but it's still left up to me and God. You can't disqualify me just because I make mistakes. Because number one, you didn't call me. Number two, you didn't qualify me. Number three, you can't throw me out because if God hired me, then you can't fire me. See, that's why I like my ministry now, because nobody can't throw me out of this ministry. You know why? Because God is a hold of this ministry, and they can't, can't nobody knock me out the door. 
Even when they see mistakes in my life, they can't say, well, he ain't qualified to be a pastor. Well, you ain't qualified to be a saint either. But God loved you enough to shed his blood for you. And you know what? Who are you to tell a man that he's disqualified because he makes a mistake? My God. Now, I'm talking love tonight. Love rejoices in the truth. Is that not to what the Bible says in Corinthians? Love rejoices in the truth. Remember I told you earlier, when you love somebody, you'll tell them the truth. You'll tell them the truth. Whew, my God, I feel the anointing in here. I, I feel anointing in here. King David God anointed him, but he never took his kingship, even though he got in trouble with Bathsheba and married another. I mean, he, he married, but God did took his son. God did take his son, but he didn't take his position. <laughs> see, 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 the thing that happened with Jimmy Swaggart, they tried to take his position. And see, God said, listen, even though the man made a mistake, who are you to take a man's position when God gave it to him? See, it'll be like me giving you something and taking it back. God's not an Indian giver. When he gives you something, does not matter what you get into. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to give you a big nugget tonight. This is going to be good. It's God just dropped this in my spirit. I'm going to share this with you guys, and this is going to bless you. Listen. Do you remember Abraham? Abraham took his wife and the king took his wife in and, he, in, and Abraham lied and said that that was not his wife. You remember the story in the Bible in Genesis where Abraham went to the king. He was afraid and he lied to the king and said, that's not my wife. And God come to the king in the dream and said, if you don't let her go, I'm going to kill you. Now, I know people say all the time in John that, you know, the, 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 the enemy is the father of lies and, you know, um, but have you ever wondered why God took up for Abraham and Abraham lied? Abraham just told out a Paul-faced lie. But God told him in the dream, he said, you let her go or I'm going to kill you. So he let his wife go, and he, the king told him, why did you tell me this was your, your, your sister when it was your wife? Here's how good God is. Do you know why God took up for a liar? Do you know why God takes up for you even when you're in flaws, even when you're in the fault? God will take up for you. Yes, he will. That's my God. That's my God. He's all the way through the Bible. Even when you're in a flaw, God will still take up for you. You know why God took up for Abraham? Because he told Abraham, he made a covenant with Abraham. This is going to bless you. Listen up. He made a covenant with Abraham. He said, I'm going to make your descendants the far as the sand from the sea. Abraham made a mistake and lied about his wife. And God said, listen, I'm going to take up for you, Abraham, even though, you're, even though you're in the wrong. You lied. And the reason I'm going to take up for you, Abraham, because I can't go back on my word. My God, somebody better hear me tonight. God can't go back on his word because Abraham was a liar, but God's not a liar. 
When God tells you something, you can bank on it. Because, see, God can't be a liar. He said, let every man be the liar and God be the truth. See, man will be caught in a lie. And the reason why God had to take up for Abraham, because God kept his word, even though Abraham was in the wrong. See, Abraham was a liar. But God had to keep his word. <laughs> you see, he made a covenant. When God makes a covenant with you, my friend, it don't matter what you do that's wrong. God has to keep his word even though you don't keep your word. See, he said, let God be the truth and let every man be a liar. See, God can't, God can't go back on his word because if he goes back on his word, that makes him a liar, right? <laughs> God's not a liar. Man is a liar. Satan is a liar. But God can't be a liar because God can't tell you something and go back on it. He can't do it. That's why his word, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one of these words will pass away. When God wrote this Bible and inspired man to write it, bless God, this, this word will stand whether anything stands. Whether houses, buildings, or cars stand, this word right here will stand when everything else falls. Mm, I feel the anointing. Listen, I'm telling you something. It don't matter what people say about you. God said, I will be, listen, when he's made a covenant with you, it don't matter what people say about you. I'm telling you, God is up to something tonight for somebody. Let me tell you something, my friend. He made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with his son, shed the blood. Listen, that blood covered your sins for far the east is from the west. It don't matter. Listen, all God wants you to do tonight is to repent of your sins. That's it. He wants you to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I've messed up. And you know what God's going to do with your sins? He's going to throw it far as from the east and from the west. Hallelujah. 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 But I, I want to go over this something right here, guys. In John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also shall love one another. Now, I'm glad we own that scripture right there because John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. You know how God loves us, guys? I'm going to tell you how God loves us. God, listen, man will throw stones at you when you make a mistake, but God will come in and say, listen, I don't condemn thee, but listen what he told the woman that was caught in the mid of adultery. He caught her in adultery and, and religious people wanted to throw stones, and they do. Religious people do. I, I call them religious junkies. That's what I call them, religious junkies, because all they want to do is be religious and, and, and act like they're like like they got it all together when when they got skeletons all in their closet. Usually, very judgmental people are very religious. But here's what put Jesus on the cross: religious people. I'm serious. They put him on the cross. But see, religious people want to throw stones when they catch people in a fault. But see, Jesus wasn't religious because he walked up to the woman that that uh, was caught in adultery, and he's drawn in the sand. You know why he drawn in the sand? This is what God gave me. This is going to bless you too. 
You know why Jesus started drawing in the sand? Because see, when when sin appears, the Bible says where where sin is, grace much abounds. Let me let me tell you something, guys. If we could get it all together, then why did Jesus have to die? Seriously. If we could walk this thing by ourselves without Jesus and God's help, then, then, then why did Jesus even die? Because he died in vain. We need the blood every day. We need his help every day. I asked him every day, Lord, you know why? I, I just keep on making, I just keep on making him mistake. Lord, I need your help. That's what God wants to hear every day from you. He, he wants to hear, God, I need your help. God, I'm a sinner. I, I, I keep making this same old flaw over. God, would you help me? See, when you live that kind of life, when you live that kind of life, and, 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 and I know people, they don't think they got no flaws in them. That's a prideful person. And I know some people like that. They, they, think, they think they never make a mistake. Let me tell you something. You're going to make mistakes along the way. You're going, you, you're, going, you're going to trip over something. But when you do, you've got to advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ. And I noticed when he was, Jesus was with this, when Jesus was with this adulterous woman, he caught her too, caught her in the act. I mean, very act. But you let the church catch people in sin today, everybody in the church will throw stones. They will. I, I've seen it too many times. Let, let them just catch one little ungodly act and they want to pick up stones. But here's what my Jesus did, my God, the God I serve. Here's what he done. He, he drawed in the sand. And the reason why he drawed in the sand, because see, when sin appears, all God looks at is your promise. See, the promise was with Abraham. Remember, he told Abraham the covenant he made with Abraham. He said, I'll make your descendants far as from the sea, from the sand. And that's why Jesus started in the sand. He remembered the covenant. He didn't remember the sin. He remembered the covenant. And he turned to the woman, the adultery, and this is what the words he said. Read it, read it for yourself. It's in the Bible. I'm not, I'm not preaching anything that's out of this Bible, word for word. Check me. Check me if you want to. Listen, I want to tell you something. He said these words. He said, woman, I don't condemn thee either. But he did say something. He loved her first. And then he told her, go and sin no more. Now, God don't give you a license to keep sinning, folks. He don't give you a license to keep doing these things. But I love God because when, when mistakes happen, when, when things happen, God shows up with love first. But the church, here's what the church shows up with, stones. I'm going to tell you something. If you're doing that, you're in the wrong and you need to repent. If the first thing you do when you see people make a mistake, pick up a stone, you're religious and you need to repent. You're the one that's fixing to go to hell. Why? Because you want to hit them with judgment instead of love first. I'm not telling people to keep sinning and, and, and just keep on doing wrong. But if I don't show them love first, then it's wrong. I don't care. You better repent because you're the one that's going to go to hell by judging people. 
I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying to go tell them and not seeing no more. But the first act we approach people with is a stone. And that's not what Jesus done. Jesus approached people with love. And then he told her, listen what he told her. He said, woman, I don't condemn thee either. But he said, go and sin no more. See, he approached her with love. You, you want to know what's changed my life? It ain't judgment because people used to tell me, Jason, you go going to hell if you don't go to church. I said, well, good. I'm going there anyways. That, that's when I was in the world. You know, when I was following Satan and everything he had for me, you told me about God. I hear where I was going. But nobody in the church ever showed me any kind of compassion or love. Nobody. All they would do is tell me, son, you better stop this or you're going to go to hell. And I'm thinking, well, I know I'm going to hell. That's for sure. I know that. But why can't somebody accept me just who I am? Just, just Jesus. Jesus didn't even look at that woman's sin. He loved her where she was. Why can't we love people where they are? We want to judge people. We want to be thrown st st stone throwers instead of love throwers. Like I say, guys, this this is some good stuff. It, it's not, you know, it's not always good for some people because some people are in darkness and Satan's got them. And I'm going to be honest with you, most people in the church, most people in the church, I'm telling you, they are, they are going to split hell wide open. I, I'm just going to say it. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you don't get this love thing down, God's going to tell you, say, look, since you were so perfect, since you had it all together and you you crucified people, you know what? You think you're going to come to heaven because, listen, my Bible tells me that there's two commandments he gave us, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let, let me tell you something. If we can't get them two commandments down, we're not going to heaven, folks. And I'm telling you, you are not going to heaven. You're far from heaven, and I'm warning. Listen, you're not going to go to heaven. Because if you don't learn how to love people, I'm telling you, you, you go around hurting people, you go around hurting people with your mouth and, and criticizing people with your mouth, let me tell you something. There's going to come a day you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account of every idle word you ever said. My God, who am I talking to? You're going to give a word for every idle word you've ever said to people because I'm going to tell you something. Words are powerful. i tell you something. We use them to love. We use them to correct. And, and, and you know what? You better be careful what you use them for. You're going to stand before God one of these days. You're going to stand before him. And see, we, we got to be careful what comes out of our mouth because our mouth can get us in trouble. Because sometimes, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus showed, want, showed the love to the woman, but he was careful what come out of his mouth. See, some people don't think before they talk. When the Bible says a wise man is slow to speak but quick to listen. See, 
you always come around somebody that runs their mouth so much because they don't think before they they speak. And sometimes that's dangerous. Who am I talking to tonight? That's dangerous to come into a place where you just say what you think. You know, you got to be careful to say what you think because sometimes you can say what you think and kill somebody. And you know what? Jesus said it like this, thou shall not kill. You know what? If you have murdered somebody in your heart, you're a murderer. You know, when you go around murdering people with your mouth, I'm telling you, that's just as bad as somebody going out killing somebody with a gun. Same difference. We got to be careful, folks. We got to get this love thing down. We got to get this love thing. Because if we don't get this love thing going on, guys, we're not going to make it to heaven. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You better do some repenting. You better do some changing and ask God to help you. Because, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I think our mouth gets us in trouble more than anything. Why? Because Proverbs says it. A mouth is a world of iniquity. Your tongue is a world of iniquity. That's what it says in James. Your tongue, let's just go there. Let's just go there. Let's go to James. James. Let's see. Let's go to James right quick, guys. I think it's James chapter, let me see. Uh, James, I think it's uh, somebody find it for me. Uh, I'm going to get y'all in your Bible. Let's see, some of y'all need to brought your Bibles tonight. Uh, let's see. James chapter, I think it's chapter, the third chapter. James. Let's go to James, guys. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It says right here, even so the tongue is a little member, uh, verse 5, uh, James chapter 3, verse 5. Listen to this, guys. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great is a matter of the little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire and a world of iniquity. I just told you that. It's a world of iniquity. Listen to this. The tongue is a fire and a word of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it may defile the whole body. Do you know you can defile your whole body by your tongue? Wow, this is good. By, by, by what you say out of your mouth, you can defile your whole body. Wow. Never did see that. Defile the whole body. And set it on fire the course of nature and itself set it on fire of hell for every kind beast and the birds and serpent and things that on the sea is tamed has been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. He's telling you no man can tame this tongue. This, this tongue you got can't no man tame it. Why? Because it's a world of iniquity. 
It is unruly and evil. Wow. Full of deadly poison. Therefore, we bless God, even the Father, which cursed, and therewith curse we man, which are made after the submode of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brother, these things ought not be so. Wow, look what James is telling us tonight, guys. A double-minded person is what it sounds like to me. Do it the foundation sent forth the same place, sweet water and bitter. Can a fig tree, my brother, bear olives and berries? Even a fin fig tree, so can a fountain both yield water, salt water, and fresh? Who is the wise man and dear knowledge among you? Let him show out a good conversation in his works with meekness of wisdom. Come on, somebody. But if you have bitter envy or strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. See, the problem is with people with bitter hearts, with bitter speeches, they got, they, they got envy and strife in them. Mm, my God. See, God, God is saying tonight the reason why these people got these things in their mouth because they got bitter. One, one minute they be talking about God, next minute they be they they be using their mouth just to curse people and, and and kill people with it. That's because they got envy, they have bitter, they have envy and strife in their hearts. See, they're bitter at stuff. They're bitter at people, and they need to make it right with God because, listen, if you don't make it right with God, then you're going to keep that bitterness and go to hell with it. Why? Because, listen, God, listen, if you're going to be, if you're going to hold bitterness and envy and strife towards people, listen, God ain't going to hear your prayers. You can forget it. I'm telling you this because I love you. It's It's the truth. These people carry envy. I'm helping you guys right here. James is telling us right here the reason why you can't control that tongue of yours because you have bitterness in your heart and you have envy and strife in your heart. You need to ask God to check your heart. You need to ask God, the Lord, I tell God all the time, God, do like David did. Lord, create inside of me a clean heart. Lord, if there's anything inside of me, that's unruly. Lord, if there's anything, Lord, that's unpleasing to you, Lord, get it out of my heart. Make my heart pure, God. See, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, only the pure in heart will see God. Listen, all we got to do is ask God to clean our heart up. Do like David said, Lord, create inside of me a clean heart. That's all you got to do tonight. Mm. But if you want to keep that enviousness and bitterness in your heart and strife in your heart, you go right ahead. If you don't repent, <laughs> my friend, I'm here to tell you, whether you agree with me or not, God has sent me by here to tell you, you're not going to go to heaven, my friend, until you make it right. You got to repent this day. Guys, I'm not, listen, God is, we're, we're not perfect but we need to live a repentant life. We need to 
acknowledge what we're doing is wrong. You know, you know what the biggest thing with Christians is? Some of these Christians are so stubborn and, and, and so so ignorant to the word of God that they can't realize what God is saying. You, you know, here's the thing. If you don't examine your own self and your own heart, then how are you going to make it to heaven? Because you going around with this hypocrisy and pride and arrogance and don't want to listen to nobody but you and stuck in your ways. But you know what? God has sent you a prophet just like, just like David was sent prophet Nathan to rebuke him and tell him he has, sent, he has sinned before the Lord. Sometimes God will send you people to correct you. And if you don't see correction, then you know what? You're going down a road of no end. My God, hallelujah. Well, Lord, I said it. I sent it. Listen, don't get, I used to tell people all the time, don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a mail boy. I deliver the mail. You don't get mad at me. I don't own the mail truck. I just deliver the mail. You know, people get offended at me all the time. Well, I don't like what you preached last night. I don't really care because I delivered what God told me to deliver. And whether you get mad at that, I don't, you know, hey, talk to God about it. All right. This way says, strive in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom deceiveth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. They mad at the truth. That's right, brother. They mad at the truth, ain't it? Where there's envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So number one, we need to get the bitterness out of our hearts. Take the note, guys. You need to get the bitterness out of your heart and the envy and strife out of your heart right now. If you're mad at somebody, you can't forgive somebody, what they've done to you in the past, well, you know what? If you don't forgive that person, then God can't forgive you. Come on now, don't rehearse something somebody did 20 years ago because or 30 years ago or 10 minutes ago. It does not matter. You can't keep that in your heart and go to heaven. Sorry, friend, but you can't. God's not going to let you into his heaven sitting around hating on people. And, and you know what? I don't care what they've done to you. You got to forgive them. You got to let this go. You got to let this bitterness go, this strife and envy, and, and you know, because if you don't, you're allowing the devil to come in your house. You're allowing the devil to destroy your home. Why? Because you are allowing this stuff. Because see, the devil loves strife and envy, and he definitely loves bitterness in your heart. Because when he reigns in your heart, then he's got your life. That's right, brother. Forgive them and forgive yourself. That's that's true. That's true. You cannot keep rehearsing these things. But the wisdom that is from above, first pure and peaceable and gentle, easy and untreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without particularly, watch this, guys, and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Wow. 
I'm going to read that one more time, this last verse. In James chapter 3, 18 says, And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So see, God loves peacemakers. He don't like troublemakers. It's constantly sowing discord or sowing hate or strife or envy or bitterness. See, bitterness, let me tell you something. I, I, I can be around somebody 20 minutes and tell you they got bitterness in their heart. But why? Because it comes out their mouth. I mean, it's kind of simple, you know, whatever's in the heart floweth the mouth. You know, it, it, it just what's in the heart. Guys, listen, it's been it's been tonight, but listen, I, I'm going to end with this. All we got to do is ask God to help us with this stuff that's in our heart. God, make me a pure heart. I ask God all the time to, to help me with my heart. You know why, guys? Because I'm not perfect. I have problems on a daily basis. And yeah, there's people that hurt me all the time. All the time. And I got to constantly go back and ask for forgiveness because we got to protect our heart, guys. We must protect our heart. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. Whatever's in your heart comes out your mouth. Yeah. What? Whatever's in your heart comes out your mouth. So this is what James is saying. You can't contain your tongue because you have bitterness and you have envy and strife in your hearts. Of course, you're not going to contain the tongue when you're entertaining strife and envy and bitterness. Well, he did this to me or she did this to me and he did it. You know, you can rehearse that so much that that that. Bitterness starts to grow in your, your mind. You, you just get bitter and more, more bitter, 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 bitter. You know, I tell people like this, don't let it make you bitter. Let it make you better. See, when people hurt me, I don't let it make me bitter. I let it make me better. Because, listen, let's face it. If you hurt me, it's on you. Because <laughs> the Bible says, woe to them that bring the offense. Oh, you don't want me to get on this tonight. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You, you, you just don't want to go this way. Because, see, a lot of people don't understand how to forgive people either. Because here, I'm going I'm to give you a nugget before I get off here. And, and I'm going to end this. People don't understand how to forgive people. You know, I used to forgive people that hurt me. And, and God said, what are you doing? He said, you don't need to go to them. They need to come to you. You didn't do anything to them. The woe is not unto you, it's unto them, because the Bible says, woe is to them that bring the offense. He said, a woe unto them that bring the offense. So the woe ain't on me, it's on them. But here, here's what God requires of me. When they come back to me and acknowledge what they do wrong and say, look, I did you wrong, brother, I'm sorry. Now, the Bible teaches me that I got to forgive that brother. But see, I'm not supposed to go to anybody that done me wrong. They're supposed to come to me. Because if they don't come to me, here's what happens. When I come to them and apologize to them for what they've done, what's going to happen is just a matter of time they're going to hurt you again. 
Now, I'm giving you something good here because we read the scriptures, but we don't understand what we read. And see, that's Bible says get wisdom, but all you're getting, get understanding. And see, that's, that's the problem with people is they read the Bible, but they don't understand what they read. Therefore, if you don't get understanding, then you won't, you won't know how to apply it, right? So if you don't get the understanding of what you're reading, then you don't know how to apply it in your life. And here's how you apply forgiving people. When people hurt you, what are you doing going to apologize to them? You didn't do anything. They supposed to come back to you and apologize to you. And when they do, the Bible says you got to forgive them. If your brother asked you to forgive them, forgive a brother 70 times 70 in one day. But see, here's the problem with the church. We got all this mixed up. We're going back to the person apologizing them and we didn't even do anything. And then we get hurt over and over and over like a broken record. I've done this and it don't work. And you keep going to this person over and over and over and you get hurt like a broken record. And I was like, God, I done forgave them 70 times 70 in one day. But God said, son, nobody never told you to go over there and apologize to them because you didn't do anything. But when they realize what they've done to you, and I'm going to show you a story in the Bible to back this. Joseph, his brothers hurt Joseph. Watch this. Joseph's brothers hurt Joseph. Now, God sent Joseph's brothers back to him, and he also tested his brothers to see what they'd done to him. They was going to do it again. And that's very wisdom that you don't just let anybody back in your circle right away. But see, here's the key. When, when Joseph's brothers come back to him, he tested them to see if that he was going to hurt them again like he did years ago. And see, they wasn't. They really felt sorry for what they did to Joseph. So God, Joseph saw their hearts and Joseph had to forgive him. See, that's the power of forgiveness. See, it's okay to forgive somebody when they're really sorrowful for what they've done. They don't just keep on doing it over and over and over. But if you don't let them, I'm going to give you this, then I'm going to get off here. If you don't let them come to you and apologize and realize what they've done wrong, then guess what? It's going to happen again, guys you're just going to go back. They're going to hurt you again. You're going to go back. They're going to hurt you again. So leave them alone. I didn't talk to my brother for nine years because this kept on occurring. He hurt me. He hurt me. I'd forgive him. I forgive him. And God said, what are you doing going to him? You didn't do nothing to him. He needs to come to you and realize what he's doing wrong. So when he did come to me here recently, and it took nine years for him to realize how what he was doing to me. And he apologized. And guess what? I hugged his neck and said, brother, I love you. I loved you more than the day one I met you. See, that's the power of true forgiveness. And, and God requires us to forgive if they come to us and ask. Anyways, guys, that's all I have for tonight. Uh, you can go on the websites uh, too, um, and um, we appreciate y'all. Like I say, if you want to give to the ministry, you can go to, um, uh, let's see, I think um, 
We got a cash app, uh, God Save a Ministry. You can get on there tonight if you want to sow to the ministry and help us reach more people for God. Uh, we are trying to get more broadcast on here. Um, we, we're we trying to get more pro- broadcast on here, but I, I'll let God lead you where you're giving. And, and let me tell you something. I, I've gave to the ministry for years. God, listen, I give, give, give. And people wonder why I'm blessed. That's why, because I'm a giver. And uh, if we love God, we should be the same way. We should be a giver. And we should support the gospel. We should support these ministries out here that's trying to reach people for God. Yes, Um, we need to. We need to. So anyways, guys, God bless you tonight. Y'all, listen, uh, you can go back and listen to this on thekingdompodcast.com. Uh, you can go back and listen to this message. You can also hear it tomorrow morning on the radio station at thekingdomradio.com. Um, you can go back here there. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful night. God bless y'all.